Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. In my years of private practice, I've noticed that many people are confused between the feeling, the experience of anger as a state and acting on the anger in a punitive way. And I think it's an important topic that we discuss, that we distinguish between being angry and not sinning and what that really means, because the sinning would be to act out in the anger punitively. And it'd be good to discuss uh, exactly what the difference is. Uh, Many people are very confused. Many believers are very confused, and they find it very, very helpful when I can explain to them exactly the difference. So maybe we could start by you reading a few passages uh, from Ephesians chapter 4. We'll discuss these verses and uh, try to break this down. Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And then verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Okay, so first let's clarify that Jesus took our punishment on the cross. Um, You could say that the principalities that war against one another are the principality of grace or non-punishment and the principality of punishment. So, yes, God disciplines us in that sense of the word. He will discipline us, but I'm using here punishment in a different way. I'm talking about Uh, being punitive, being aggressive, or having a fit or rage, acting out, that sort of thing, where you're punishing somebody else uh, with a fit that becomes behavioral. I'm differentiating that from an internal state of being that is really important that we learn to feel. Is that distinction making sense? So you're saying that there is a biblical way that we can express our anger and deal with our anger not in a punitive way which we naturally think you know that that's just going to happen when we have anger but um, there's actually a healthy way of not just dealing with it and like getting rid of our anger and somehow suppressing it but actually feeling it yeah 
So let's say structurally, and I mean this almost physiologically as we think about anger for a second. I'll give three picture I'll give a picture of three different volcanoes, okay? So a dormant volcano will picture as having a cut off magma magma flow. And here we're gonna conceptualize anger as the magma. Here I mean inside of ourselves. That magma rises out of pain, disappointed love. It's a complex feeling, okay? So if the dormant volcano is cut off, the person is going to be walled off. They might be depressed. They might be anxious. And it's going to have all kinds of implications for the way they try to relate with others and relate with God. In other words, you could say the dormant volcano is almost in a self-punished state, okay? Another picture would be, let's say, Mount St. Helens. Anything that makes this uh, volcano angry, it immediately gives rise to magma, and then there's an eruption. The eruption is the sin, not the magma flow. The eruption is the sin because now rock and debris and magma splatting all over. This could be a verbal outburst. It could be a physical outburst. The entire world right now has gone very, very eruptive. You see that people say, you know, I need to speak my truth. You've triggered me. So now I can go and do whatever I want to do behaviorally. It's somehow justified. No. No fits of anger, Paul says. Jesus says, when you're angry, don't call somebody so much as a fool. So no eruptions. Okay. So what would health look like? Let's think of the Hawaiian volcano. The Hawaiian volcano... The magma is flowing. There is a flow to it. It tends not to be eruptive in the, you know, the built-up sense, okay? And what makes the Hawaiian volcano unique is it is productive. It's, it's producing land. It's free-flowing. That would be a picture of health. So again, on this continuum, the dormant volcano cut off anxiety, depression, walled off, not talking about your feelings, um, being avoidant, maybe, in relationships. This is a picture of somebody who's self-punishing. They're cut off. The picture of the uh, Mount St. Helens erupt a volcano. That's a volcano structure that is punishing others. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we understand the difference between anger as a state, which comes out of pain internally, and external behavior that would be the eruption. That's where Jesus is saying, or this uh, verse that we just read, Paul's saying, uh, be angry, but do not sin. Mm -hmm. There's a distinction. Uh, so be free-flowing so you're not cut off, but don't justify just because you have this internal, um, this internal uh, surge within you. Don't justify calling somebody such an idiot, fool, because now you're being punitive. Because down in the verses that you wrote, read, it says, and do not let, um, don't go to sleep. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right. So what that implies is we need to talk through with one another. We need to try to resolve. We don't want to just go dormant and cut off and justify that or lie to ourselves that we're not angry. Okay, we want to be able to be like the Hawaiian volcano. We're assertive, we're free-flowing, and then we can talk to one another. So what if you're in a relationship or dynamic where 
resolution isn't really possible or it's not happening and there's this resentment building up or frustration and you know below that there is anger and there's evidence that you might be self-punishing or you feel guilty for your anger what can you do on your own or is it even possible on your own to work through that and to come to a place where like you have peace you're in touch with your anger you're not punishing yourself that's a great question i mean first and foremost you know let's say before I'm helping, trying to help somebody actually experience their anger, I would give them the uh, analogy I just gave. Because I think in some senses, guilt and shame has to do with um, just not understanding. So here I explain to people, literally, I say, I give the whole volcano thing so that they can start to understand the difference. Because, you know, we don't, most people who are well-meaning and considerate if they have to choose between being the dormant volcano and the eruptive volcano, if they think those are the only two options, mm. then they're going to choose to be dormant, right. right? So first I have to explain, no, there's another option. We oftentimes don't have it modeled in a productive way. In a lot of cases, there's a particular technique that um, I have to employ to uh, get the person to actually experience in a clinical way their suppressed anger. Um, and it wouldn't probably be very, I wouldn't recommend somebody trying to do that on their own in a general sort of sense because I don't know, you know, who the listener might be. But there's a, there's different, there's a very specific technique with uh, intensive short term dynamic psychotherapy that helps to people get in touch with their suppressed anger so they can come out of the self, the self punishment, the shame. So, like, a specific um, scenario that I've experienced, like, as a parent, you know, when I'm having a hard day or when my daughter isn't listening or she's testing me and trying to, like, control the dynamic, I have a tendency to go more, I have in the past, to go more dormant and to kind of just, like, try to fix the situation and to just push down any feelings that I might have. So I know that other parents struggle with the same thing. So in that situation, I want to show her a healthy way, a healthy reaction emotionally, okay, right? right? So um, I want her to see that I'm not pushing down my emotions, especially when she's acting in a provocative way or you know being disobedient. Your kind, your your question is. Um, is looking at it from a, quote, clinical angle. I mean, again, if I'm working with a client dynamically, you could say almost like that's parent-child in a sense, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There's a two-fold process. I do model for my clients a lot of times what the experience of anger would look like internally. And again, there's a lot of um, body language to that. So I might model for them what it looks like to be um, angry and not acting out. Um, in my field, there used to be workshops where you'd feel this anger and you'd hit pillows and things like this. And that actually confuses people and it confuses the unconscious. You see this people go down to the gym and like, oh, I feel so good to my, get my anger out. Right. Well, really, you don't want to make contact with anything. There's this way that you can experience the anger. And you're not making contact with anything. It's really 
something that's just inside it, the anger literally moves up from your pelvis into the head for clarity and then down our arms to our hands. That's the pathway of anger. Just like there is an actual pathway of sadness that moves from our mm. heart up to our eyes, we don't understand there's an actual pathway. Yeah. If that pathway gets blocked, and most of that's unconscious, then depression, anxiety, different things set in. Uh, we can start to have a facade, these different sorts of things. There's all kinds of problems that can happen if we're not, quote, free-flowing. So the goal is not really to be angry. The goal is to get rid of the punitive states of being like anxiety and depression that act like a cork against the magma. Part of that is modeling. As a parent, yeah, the more free-flowing you are unconsciously, the child's just going to see that. They're just going to see, you know, that you have a comfort level with your feelings. They won't even think of it necessarily as anger or pain. They'll just notice that you're not cut off. You're not punished. That will just happen. Mm-hmm. Um, another big question is, what do I do if my child's angry? Well, this is where discipline matters. You know, we've gone from one extreme, I don't know, in the 40s, 50s, where it's like you can't even feel. Right. Okay. And now we've gone to this other extremes, like the kid can just like break stuff and throw child stuff. Child-led parenting as well. Well, we could call it child-led parenting, but it's really lack of discipline. Because what happens now is the kid is acting out, and then the parent says, um, well, I don't want to you know, squelch their feelings. It's like, well, that's a misunderstanding. Okay. Again, I'm not having clients, when they get in touch with their anger, get up and start throwing things. Okay, that would be the eruptive volcano. We don't want to do that with our children. We want to make a distinction between the internal state, they can feel it, uh, they can process through it, and acting out, um, going into behavior or, you know, calling names or something like this. So, there's a lot, It's it's a big subject because most, for most adults, they grew up, with a misunderstanding of anger, it wasn't modeled correctly. There's a lot of confusion. Um, there's a lot of moral confusion. So these feelings get shut down. And then what happens is we tend to have um, people that are cut off. You know, there's a lot of cut off people in the church. And I think a lot of times we as adults associate anger with whatever experience that we had as children, like you're saying, if you grew up with a parent who had outbursts of anger, you would have a tendency to be more suppressive of your feelings. Right. And um, if you had a parent maybe who suppressed their feelings, maybe you were more outbursts in your anger. And for me, it's been so important to really pay attention to what you're saying, like the feeling that you have in your body. Because mm-hmm. I think that can apply to not just your anger, but to other emotions as well. For sure. And um, so just learning that that sensation that I feel, I'm not trying to like calm myself down. I'm not trying to be like, okay, well, how should I act in this moment? Or trying to make it about something logical or explain try to explain to myself why I feel that way but to just like you're saying not I don't need to express my anger I just need to experience that's right the feeling that rises up inside of me that's right and 
especially as believers, at least the way that I grew up, the feelings that you had inside were not to be trusted. Hmm. And they were seen as, you know, you can't trust your heart, you can't trust yourself. Right. And so you just diminish them and push them down. And you need to just go to, like, the facts of the situation and the facts of what God wants you to do and who he wants you to be and how he would want you to respond in this situation. Instead of looking at it as anger is not a bad thing to experience. Right. Um, there's a lot of horrible things that happen and things that we live in an imperfect world and um, whether someone's treating us a certain way or um, whatever it might be, but... Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, in my profession, you know, we call going to your head intellectualizing where you know and you can conceive of that again is going kind of going dormant by ruminating getting up in your head you're getting cut off you're almost going two-dimensional you're not staying three-dimensional jesus was very much in touch with his anger he didn't act out on his anger he didn't necessarily always express his anger but he was in touch with it when he overthrew the money changers it was uh on the behalf of the people who are being coerced. Mm -hmm. So there is this place for anger, okay? You know, now in his anger, he, that was a, he's not acting out. He's taking action in his anger. The other thing that's really important that we understand where it has implications for who we are in Christ is, let's think of a shepherd. You know, a shepherd's role, if you want to think of the staff, there's two ends of that staff. The shepherd has that hook where he's going to bring gently the sheep who's wandering off closer. But it is very important role of the shepherd to guard the sheep from the wolf. That's the back end of the staff, so to speak. Okay, A shepherd is not being effective if they're uncomfortable with their anger. They're going to be cut off. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see what's coming. Jesus is an incredibly effective shepherd. He has that front hook where he you know, brings us in closely, but he also deals with the Pharisees. He deals with coercion. He deals with oppression. And I see a lot in the church, especially with men, this idea that they they can't ever be angry. And what it makes is for an ineffective shepherd. Now, I'm not saying somebody that loses their cool and starts acting out and throwing stuff around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that who can be assertive who can be awake, they can be alive. So the implications of this are not just psychological, they're spiritual. As we understand who Jesus is, which is the real goal of this podcast, we meet, we must understand he is that Hawaiian volcano structurally, which internally sets him up to be the good shepherd, the effective shepherd. Um, be wary as a snake, innocent as a dove. There's that distinction. We, we need to be able to strike fast. Another image would be, let's say, a wild horse. What good is a wild horse if it's cut off and depressed? And it's making me think of like those fight, flight um, instincts that come up. And the way you're talking about it, being in touch with how we're feeling, that stops us from reacting in a way that just comes out of instinct, right? right. Instead of staying in this place of connected to ourselves and not reactive. That's right. And it's so much powerful to be in that state of like, 
you know what's going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. You know what feelings are arising within right. you instead of just like this explosive reactive and reactive can be passivity or it can mm-hmm. be you know an outburst an outburst yep yep um anything that you know a raised voice um anything like that can be a behavioral reactivity that can push people away there is a way that you can experience intense uh anger internally without even having to raise your voice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, shame and guilt that gets attached to, to these internal states. A grief verse that makes the distinction between feeling an internal state and the behavior is uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So here, it is okay to be angry. That has to do with a reaction to injustice. One of the uh, characteristics of God is wrath. We are made in his image. But God is the one who is going to repay. God is the one who's going to discipline. So these verses that say, turn the other cheek, it's not to say that we should not have our anger in the sense that we should be these cut off doormats, dormant volcano. That's not what God would want. You can be in a Hawaiian volcano and not exact vengeance, not erupt, but still be alive. You know, when I'm working with clients and they get in touch with their anger, and again, that's a uh, that would be a hard thing to describe physiologically what that means. But as they come to terms with the anger, and a lot of times it unlocks a lot of memories and trauma and very painful things that happen in childhood. And one thing that I'll have them do as they go along so they can start to integrate this idea of anger, even cognitively, and not punish themselves, is to say as they experience their anger in an image to some um maybe figure who hurt them or something. I love you, but you hurt me. Now, the reason for that is anger's this very complex state that we're actually punishing ourselves when we're angry with somebody we love. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a collision, in a sense, of the love and the anger, which produces this thing called shame and guilt. Let's take a psychopath for a second. What makes a psychopath is not their anger. We all have anger. That's not what makes makes a psychopath. What makes a psychopath is they don't have love. And because they don't have a sense of love, when they get angry, they don't punish themselves. That's why we have to imprison them. They won't punish themselves in any way, okay? Because they're not having that collision of anger and love. So that's kind of an irony. Mm -hmm. If you're a well-meaning individual, you're a well-meaning person, right? And you get, you know, you're angry with your mother, your father, your spouse, your child, whatever. Okay. The anger is actually colliding against your sense of love, which produces this thing called guilt. Okay. Now I'm giving that cognitive information for anybody who may be struggling with anger that I want you to remember that you do love the person, no matter how angry you are. You do love them. That's why you're punishing yourself for the state of anger. And back to what you said when you were talking about disciplining a child. Right. That is why discipline is important, yes. right? Because yes. there's no discipline. They are going to 
put that self-punishment on themselves, right? Well, yeah, because especially if they act out in their anger on a sibling or something like that, they're, then they're going to feel guilty. Because they love that object. So when we're letting them just act out, it's increasing their guilt. Okay. You know, I mean, we could say if we wanted to do that with a child to help them cognitively, because children, they are just naturally free-flowing Hawaiian volcanoes. They don't really get cut off till later, like maybe in teenagers. So the feeling part is actually quite uh, instinctual for a child. But you know, if a child is really, really angry and we, you know, we parent them to not act out, let's say, we could say, you know, let's say your daughter's really angry with you and you work it through. You help her to say to you, I'm, I love you, mommy, but you really, really made me angry when X, Y, and Z. Okay. That cognitive process is really powerful because it's the truth that sets us free. You don't have to sit there and explain it to your child. They're more instinctual than we get cut off as adults. But they'll start to understand, oh, okay, my anger is just this feeling that comes out of my pain, and it can be towards an object that I love. If I experienced, for example, my anger towards the devil, I wouldn't punish myself for my anger towards the devil because mm -hmm. I have no love towards the devil. But if I feel this anger, let's say, towards my my wife, my children, people I love, I'm uh, in danger of cutting that feeling off inside myself to punish myself because I have love towards them. So this is really important when we think about shepherding, especially men, when you're trying to like you know, shepherd your families, okay? Yeah, sometimes you're going to be angry at the sheep. I mean, Jesus was angry at the disciples sometimes, okay? To be an effective leader, you've got to be able to be okay with anger. And a lot of times that's going to be towards people that you love. It's way easier, Shepard, to be angry at a wolf than it is to be angry at the sheep that you're trying to tend. Okay, well, then you get all cut off. You're not effective. You're not taking a stand. You know, I've seen, this is a little commentary, men in the church really kind of trouble me because sometimes... I'm just going to say it this way. You see this wife that's just really out of line. She maybe is really, really out of line towards her children. Um, her behavior is just not okay. It's really controlling. And the husband justifies never being assertive, completely cutting off any sort of anger, which would be in love, to say to her, you know, listen, wife, I love you, but your behavior is absolutely not okay. So, Shepard, like, what are you doing? And then you see these very cut-off men. And I'm just saying in the church, I mean, I see this in the world, this trend, but I just want to say, like, for men in the church, we are supposed to be like Jesus. If you cannot, you know, take a leadership where you have some comfort level with your anger, you're not modeling Christ. And do you think that men or anyone can experience guilt when they are suppressing their anger. Like, how do you mean that? So, if there's, like, someone who... Someone's treating them badly. Right. And... Oh, absolutely. And disrespectfully. Yes. And they don't show any anger. Right. They would still have a sense of guilt, right? Well, their sense of guilt... The sense of guilt inside is manifesting in, in their cutoff. So, in other words, anxiety, being cut off, being dormant is the physiological 
manifestation of guilt. Guilt is an internal state, guilt and shame. Anxiety, depression, dormancy, these are evidence of, or punishment is evidence of an internal guilt. So yes, somebody makes them angry. They can't, they have all this blockage to where they can't experience what they feel. Now, what I'm trying to say that's the most important, more than just being okay with feeling your feelings, is how are you going to shepherd like Jesus Christ? Because this whole podcast is about revealing Jesus, right? How are you going to shepherd? And I'm, I'm going to put this a little bit towards men. How are you going to shepherd effectively if you don't have a comfort level with your anger or put differently? If you aren't like a productive Hawaiian volcano like Jesus Christ structurally, how will you possibly uh, shepherd effectively if you're dormant or... If you're out of control and need anger management, that's a different issue. You're an eruptive volcano. You're throwing things around. You're intimidating your family. That's not Jesus. Okay, so if you're, if you're eruptive, you need anger management. If you're dormant, you might need to do some work to get out of your shame and guilt and feel your anger. Now, that would be better because you're punishing yourself. The eruptive volcano is punitive to his family. But the best one would be a Hawaiian volcano. It's not punitive to self not punitive to others, can feel uh, the complex anger that comes with love because God is love and God is wrath. We must understand we have anger, we have love. Now, as far as vengeance, okay, um, revenge, we leave that to God, but we do need to discipline. We need to discipline our children we need to, you know, we need to discipline as the Father disciplines. We need to know the difference between vengeance, eruption, let's say, okay? Or, and then there is going to be a time for God's uh, vengeance. You know, he will erupt at a certain point in human history like a volcano. That's going to be his uh, wrath upon this world, okay? that's At that point, that's not really his discipline, Okay. So we need to know the difference. And really, shepherding is like discipleship, and it's like parenting. And so what you're saying, it applies to everyone. Yes. Whether you're a father, a mother, a parent, yes. single, it affects every dynamic that you're in. And as a representative of Christ, yes. we all hold that responsibility. Yes. So well said. And I will also say, um, pastors to your congregation. You know, be careful what you say, one, pastors, where you say anger is bad or you imply it. No, acting out in the anger. You know, I've worked with many pastors and they are very, very appreciative of this information. One, for themselves so that they can be more effective with their congregations because, you know, sheep are obstinate. It gets difficult. So they can shepherd, they can pastor more effectively, but also as they're helping other people, their communication is way more clear. Hey, in your anger, do not sin. Don't be an eruptive volcano, they might tell you know, somebody who's worried, because they don't want that person to get all cut off. If they feel, also for pastors, this information is really helpful because then they can say, okay, let's take the, a guy for a second, they're working with somebody. Is this guy eruptive? has a history of bar fights and this kind of stuff, acting out, who maybe needs anger management, or is this somebody who's really depressed, cut off, not being effective, 
Okay, and maybe they need a structural shift and they might refer the person to me. And another misconception is just because you don't blow up and show physical signs of eruption and anger does not mean you don't have anger. That's right. Like so many times I hear that, well, I'm just not an angry person or I just don't get upset. Would you say everyone has anger? Absolutely. I mean, anger, you wouldn't be human. Really, I mean, truly, uh, that yeah. Every person has anger. It is a state of being that comes from disappointed love. It comes out of pain. Is greatly misunderstood. It collides with our sense of love for others, which then produces shame and guilt. Until you can understand that that's what's going to happen, um, and you can work this through. You know, you can understand this to where you don't have to cut yourself off anymore. You can be more assertive. You can be more like Christ, you can be more effective, and know beyond any shadow of doubt that that does not mean that you need to act out, that you need to be punitive, you need to be intimidating, like we're saying, and you're saying, well, once you understand that better, you are so much more effective of helping your children understand the difference. So it's really on you, if you want to think shepherd, discipler, pastor, it's on you to learn this so that you can help others. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.